So if you were here with us in January, you know that in January, Steve started this uh, message series called The Best Year Ever, right? And he went through some, uh, it was like a seven-part series that talked about how to make 2019 the best year ever. So by a show of hands, how many people was 2019 your best year ever? All right, we've got a couple. In the first service, we had zero, literally zero. Not a single person felt like 2019 was their best year ever. We do have a couple of people, and that's awesome. But really, more people should be raising their hands, we hope, right? So 2019 maybe wasn't your best year ever. Maybe it was marked by struggles and heartache and pain, maybe a loss of a loved one. Maybe you fell back into a sin habit that separated you from God and the church. Maybe you're feeling like you're lost or you feel like you just don't have a direction or focus. And my hope is today that we're going to kind of talk about that and help get us back on track. And maybe 2019 was your best year ever. Maybe it was the year that you crossed the line of faith and you got baptized and that's awesome. Maybe it was the year you chose to start serving at the church and found a place to connect in ministry. Maybe it's the year that you've finally um, decided to step out and get into a growth group and connect with people in a more spiritual way. Whatever 2019 was, what I want to take the next 25 minutes to do is to evaluate our spiritual growth and give you some questions that we can be asking ourselves so that we can move forward in our life so that we can grow more like Jesus, grow to be more like Jesus. So whether it was your worst year ever or your best year ever, I think that the questions I'm going to ask will apply to anybody. But here's the sad truth. We evaluate a lot of things in our lives. We evaluate our health. We evaluate our jobs. We evaluate our finances. But rarely do we take time to really evaluate our faith, evaluate our spiritual life, evaluate where we're heading when it comes to moving closer to Jesus. And what we do is we come to church and we we come to hear the message and we sit through the message and then we leave hoping that that's going to help draw me closer to Jesus. And it is, it will, it's a part of it. But imagine if we took that and we moved that into other parts of our lives. If we said, you know what? I'm gonna focus on my health this year. And the way I'm gonna focus on my health is I'm gonna read some books and I'm going to listen to podcasts, and just by hearing what they say, I'm going to get healthy. It doesn't work that way, right? Or if I listen to some TED Talks and some motivational speakers and some people that talk about their careers and how they move forward in their careers, and I go, you know what, I've listened to all this stuff and it's amazing information and just all these ways that could help me to grow better in my job and what I'm doing, but I don't do anything about it, my career's not going to get any better. I'm not going to move farther in my job if I don't do something. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about evaluating our spiritual life, evaluating spiritual growth in our lives so that we can move forward in where we're going in our journey with Jesus. So the way I want to do this today, there's a lot to get to, and we're going to move pretty fast, but we're going to use a technique that I learned in elementary school. 
And maybe some of you know what it is, and maybe some of you don't, but it's a tried and true method of investigation, and it's called the five W's. Has anyone ever heard of the five W's? They might have it on the screen, they do. Who, what, when, where, and why, right? If you can answer those questions, you can investigate anything. Answer the questions, who, what, when, where, and why. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over those, um, those questions and we're gonna investigate our spiritual growth. The other reason I wanna do it this way is because honestly, I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts and I wanna be an investigator, so come along on the journey with me. <clears throat> so we're going to take them slightly out of order just because it makes sense to, to build in a certain way, um, but we will hit them all. But I will say that a lot of what I'm going to do is just ask questions, and my hope is that you can take these questions and ask them in your own life when you're evaluating your spiritual growth in 2019. And here's the problem when you start asking questions, is that people start to feel like you're stepping on their toes. You might start to feel like I'm accusing you of things, or that I'm, trying, or that I'm saying that you're not enough, or that you aren't as Christian as you think you are. And I'm not, but I want you to ask, answer these questions honestly. I'm asking these same questions myself, and they're tough, and it can be hard. But what I want is, over the next, whatever, 20, 25 minutes, is that you hear these questions and you think about them, and be honest about your growth, your spiritual growth over the last year. Be honest about where you're at so that we can better determine what our next steps are. So we're going to start our investigation with the first W, and the first W is why. So why? Why? I see this as our mission and our purpose. Why is my spiritual growth important? Why is it important for me to be growing spiritually? And it may be obvious to you why we would want that or why that would be important, but let's think about it. So in Isaiah 6, 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for, who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. So why? Why is spiritual growth important? If I look at this, this passage, it tells me a couple things about why spiritual growth is important. The more I grow spiritually, the closer I draw to God, the closer I draw to a relationship with Jesus in prayer, reading the Bible, studying things out, trying to understand it, having relationships with other people, the more clearly I can hear the voice of God. Now, this isn't usually going to come as an audible sound where he's telling me what to do, even though I wish sometimes that he would just say, Seth, go here, and I could say, absolutely, let's do it. But the more I draw closer to God through prayer and scripture and other people in my lives, in my life, the more I know where he wants me to go. I make decisions accordingly to move in that direction. The other thing that the scripture is saying is that it's important to grow spiritually so that when Jesus calls us, when we're called to that mission, that I can say, here I am, send me. How many people today, if God called you somewhere, he called you to do something today. Would you be able to say, here I am, send me? Being spirit, growing spiritually helps me get to a point where I feel that I'm equipped with what God needs for me to do so that I can, when he says, Seth, I need you to go, I can say, here I am, send me. 
when impact needs leaders to step up and lead different areas of ministries, you can say, here I am, send me. When, you know, the mission fields are calling and there's cities and towns that are devastated by hurricanes and floods and, and they need people to go help clean up, you can say, here I am, Lord, send me. Or when someone is in financial need and I've lived my life in a financial way that is pleasing to God and is moving me in a direction that he wants me to be, it frees up my finances that when there's a need, I can say, here I am, Lord, send me. And many of us did that even just a couple weeks ago, right? When we had the kids that are going to be down in Brazil and we were able to say, you know what, I'm financially in a position where I can help support this child and change, <clears throat> and change their life. Here I am, Lord, send me. Are you prepared to say, here I am, Lord, send me? Spiritual growth gets us to that point. It, gets us to, it helps us to understand that mission so that I'm ready when he calls. The second W is who. So who is people? Who are the people I'm connecting with? And there's kind of two aspects to this, right? When, when we talk about who we're connecting with, as Christians in the church, the first people that I need to be connecting with are other people in the church. I need to be connecting with other people, having spiritual conversations, and helping to grow and learn who they are. Hebrews says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. It's our job as fellow Christians to spur one another along. It's my job as a fellow Christian to love and encourage you. To help you move closer to who Jesus is. To help you to move towards who Jesus wants you to be. Because if we have a church of people that are all moving and challenging one another in the same direction, then that becomes a powerful force. So are we having spiritual conversations? Are we talking to one another in a spiritual way? Or are we more concerned about who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Steelers next year? I told you that I might step on a toe or two. Guys, we've got to dig deeper in our relationships. We've got to take it deeper. We've got to ask those questions that are hard to spur one another along, to help one another grow. Not be afraid to step on someone's toes because we know it's the right thing and we need to do it out of love. I want to see you grow because I love you and I care for you. The second people that I need to have in my life are the, and the people that I'm connecting to are people that are far from God. People that are open to hearing about a relationship with Jesus and who Jesus is, but don't, aren't, you know, don't know who he is yet. My faith grows when I talk to other people about how Jesus changed my life. My faith grows when I can talk to someone about the amazing things that Jesus has done for me. And my faith grows when I can help someone else see and understand that impact as a church isn't just a building with people in it. It's a place that's here for the community, a here because Jesus loves them, here because we want to help them to, and you guys to draw closer to who Jesus is. 
So that second group of people are important because I need to help them to connect who Jesus is. Connecting with spiritual people helps to keep me accountable to my walk with Christ. And connecting with people who don't have a relationship with Jesus helps build my faith. My fear is that we've got people in this room whose faith is on empty because you're not going out and talking to other people about who Jesus is and what he's done for your life. It builds our faith when we have those conversations. I grow and connect with others when I talk with them in, in a spiritual way and have spiritual conversations. The next W is when. And this talks about time. When do I focus on spiritual growth? And this gets to be a touchy subject, if we're honest. Because time is our valuable thing. Time is kind of our, our most valuable resource that God gives us. And in, in Ephesians it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. There's a couple warnings in this verse. It says, make the most of every opportunity. And it says, be careful how you're living. Live wise and make the most of every opportunity that you're given. It's talking about time. It's talking about how you spend the time that's been given to you. So all of us have 24 hours in the day, right? How are we using that time? And the other warning that's in this scripture is that it says the days are evil. It's warning us that if we just let time slip by and we're idle with our time, then our natural tendency is going to, be able, is going to do evil things with that time. We need to live a purposeful life. We need to be moving in a direction that's towards Jesus so that that time that's been given to us is being used in a wise way because that's the will of God. That's what he wants for our lives. Every minute is an opportunity to do something for Jesus. Every minute is an opportunity to help someone draw closer to them, whether it's someone far from God or whether it's someone in the church and having those conversations and helping them to draw closer to who God is. And this is my second thought on time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Matthew 5, 6. So I read this. And I was reading it, and, and I was praying about it, and I was thinking, this seems to be what's wrong with a lot of what our culture is. Would you agree with that, church? We live in a society that just doesn't seem to be satisfied. It's like we're always waiting for the next thing. We're always looking over the hill. We're always looking for what's, what's coming up. You know, what's over that fence? What's my neighbor got that I don't have? We live this unsatisfied life. And my fear is that we live an unsatisfied life because we're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. When I wake up in the morning, I don't crave, you know, getting into God's word and praying and thirsting for righteousness, right? I let all the stuff kind of happen and take me away from what I should be doing. And then that leaves me unsatisfied. God is telling us, if you want to live a satisfied life, come to me. 
If you want to live a satisfied life, be reading your Bible, be praying, be connecting with other Christians, be doing the things that I'm telling you to do. Live a life that's moving towards righteousness and satisfaction comes. But the problem is, is that we, we live for all the stuff that's just happening now. We live for the things that I can see and that the, all the stuff that we want and then that leaves us unsatisfied. It leaves an emptiness inside of us that God is clearly saying we can fill if we hunger and thirst for righteousness. So here's a challenge, and it's going to be a tough one. How much time do you use on spiritual growth? Of the 24 hours in your day, how much of that time do you give back to God to say, I'm going to use this on spiritual growth? Again, I've said, prayer, reading your Bible, connecting with other people, how much of that time? And if we take that collective time and we, we added it all up for 2019 and we had that in a package over here, right? This is our time spent with Jesus package. And I go to this other side and I put in this side, I say, okay, here's what I've watched on Netflix. Here's the podcasts I've listened to that have nothing to do with the church. Here's the sporting events I've watched. Here's all the other stuff that I've done that has nothing to do with righteousness. And I put that over here. If we're being realistic with each other, which side wins? Which side has more stuff in it? Again, church, I'm asking these same questions to myself. Because what should happen and, and what is happening is the reason that this is so, there's so much over here and I feel unsatisfied is because I'm not searching for righteousness. I'm not over here spending time digging deep, figuring out how God wants me to be living so it leaves me unsatisfied. So the next one is where and where is a direction. So with direction, the important thing is focus. To move in the right direction, I have to have a focus. So where is my focus? So 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about focus. And it says we, we're being transformed into the likeness of Jesus from one degree to another. And when I started thinking about degrees, I started thinking about middle school. And it might not be what you think, but how many people have used a compass? Not the one in your car that just says north, south, east, or west, but a compass like is up on the screen. Has anyone used one of those? Oh, some people. So we got some Boy Scouts and some Girl Scouts in the crowd. <clears throat> so a compass, right? A compass like this, you need a map. You need a map and a compass. And in middle school, we had a teacher that, would sh that showed us how to use these. And he would give you a map, and you'd have to go outside, and he would orient the compass with your map, right? And you would have to determine directions. He would give you instructions based off of the compass, and you would have to go so many degrees north or so many degrees south or so many degrees east or west, and that would get you to certain points. 
And what we found is that it was pretty easy to get off track. But the way that this compass works is, if you've got a map and you've got a compass, and I, I look on the map and it shows me that north is facing one direction, and I orient my compass to that same direction, then I should be able to go anywhere I want, right? And you see there's a dial around the compass. That dial is in degrees, so 360 degrees, and this is why it got me thinking about degrees. <clears throat> so in direction, at least when he would give us these directions, he would give it to us in degrees. And he would say, head five degrees off north, or 10 degrees off north, and you'd have to adjust the compass and adjust it to the map, and then that would get you in the direction you wanted to go. And you'd end up sometimes hitting the mark, and you'd end up other times way off in the wrong place because you did it wrong. So how does this apply to our Christian lives, you're saying, right? So if our focus and our point of reference is Jesus, right? And our destination that we're heading towards is heaven. Can we all agree on that, that our focus is, is Jesus and our destination is heaven? Oh, my word, we can't. Is that a yes, church? Are we heading towards heaven, hopefully? Yes, right? So, so I'm looking, and my focus is Jesus, and my destination is heaven, and that's where I'm going, and that's what, what I want to do. And let's say that's north. I'm heading north. And I'm making decisions to move in that direction. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm, going to, I'm attending a growth group. I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm doing all the things that God wants me to do. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. I'm focused on him. I'm moving north. But the problem is, is we make decisions that take us off north. We take us, make decisions that move us one degree off north. We stop reading our Bible. We stop praying. We stop coming to church every week because it's not really necessary. It's a waste of my time. And then we say, you know what? I'm not coming to church every week, so I'm not really making any friends. I'm not making any connections. I don't really feel like I need a growth group. And then we say, you know what, I'm not connected to a growth group and this whole serving thing seems like a waste of my time. So that moves us a little farther off. So instead of heading north, I'm now heading off in a direction that's going to leave me nowhere near heaven. But the other wild thing about direction and degrees is that even if I'm one degree off, if I'm one degree off, so let's say I'm heading towards that tree, if I'm one degree off and I walk from here to that tree, in a short distance, it's not going to leave me too far off. I'm going to be just a couple of feet to the, to the side of the tree. But if I'm one degree off and I travel 100 miles, I'm going to be so far from my destination that I won't even be able to see it. Church, if we spend a life where we're heading in the wrong direction it's going to be real hard to get to the destination. It's going to be real hard to get to heaven if we go an entire life that's heading in the wrong direction. So where's your focus today? Where's your focus today? Are you focused on Jesus? Is Jesus your focus or are you making decisions that are taking you away from that? So let's take the last W, right? It's 
So the last W will answer some of those questions. The last W is what. And what is an action? So the beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus is, even if I'm far off the mark for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years of my life, Jesus is always calling you back. You can always make a decision to get back on track. You can always take that next right step that's going to point you in the direction of Jesus and to get you back on track to an eternity with him. So James 1 says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We are blessed when we put action to our faith. When we live out the things that we hear and we know, when we hear messages and we don't just, you know, we hear messages and the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, you know what, that applies to me. I need to change that in my life. We are blessed when we put action to that. When we change things in our lives, when we move that direction needle back towards Jesus and we refocus on him. The Holy Spirit may be guiding you right now on what that next step is, what that step is that you need to take towards Jesus today, to put action to your faith. So what is your next step? It doesn't have to be a big one. It may be, if you're real far off track today and you've had a relationship with Jesus and you say, you know what, I need to refocus on him, you may take a big old step back towards him and that's awesome. But for most of us, we know that if we do like New Year's resolutions, right, and we say, you know what, I'm going to get back into this thing, and we take this big thing and we're going to say we're going to take this big step, chances are by the end of January we're not going to be doing it anymore. So what I would like you to think about today is what's the next step? It doesn't have to be a big one. It doesn't have to be anything major. And I'm going to give you some next possible steps. So one of your next steps may be to dig a little deeper into God's Word. And the church is going to try to help you do that. We're going to provide something to you. If you've been around for a while, you may already have an account to Right Now Media. If you don't have an account to Right Now Media yet, we are going to give you one today. If you take out your phone and you point it at that code up on the screen, it will guide you to a website that will give you a free account to Right Now Media. So you might say to yourself, self, I have no idea what Right Now Media is. Right Now Media is like the Netflix of church materials. So a lot of our growth group leaders use it for their growth groups. <clears throat> but really what it is, is, is um, it's a lot of studies and videos and content that are going to help you to dig deeper into your relationship with Jesus to help you potentially and hopefully grow closer to him. We want you to use this account. We pay for these accounts so that everyone in the church, and even if you're visiting today, we want you to be using this. We want to give this as a gift to our people so that they can be digging deeper into their life and their journey with Christ. The other thing you might be able to do is read the book that we're reading as a church. So if you're in a growth group, hopefully you've read the Like Jesus, at least one of the Like Jesus books here before the end of the year because that was the goal. We're reading the book together as a church to unify us in a mission and a purpose. 
So if you want to, if you want to get those books, we're going to offer those to you for free as well. All you have to do to get those is to email me, and I will help you to, um, to get that. So svogler at impactpittsburgh.com. You email me. I'll send you the code so you can get the books. You'll be able to have all of the books digitally on your phone or your tablet, and you can be reading with us and help, helps you to connect with what the church is doing and what our vision is and where we're going. Maybe your next step is to join a growth group. You've been putting it off for a while. You've been thinking about it, but you just haven't taken that step. Maybe it's to find a ministry. Maybe it's uh, starting to give for the first time. Partnering with what God is doing here at Impact and giving back financially. Maybe your next step is a big one and maybe you need to be baptized. Whatever your next step is, we want to help you get there. We want to be a part of your spiritual journey. We want to be a part of helping you to draw closer to Jesus. So how many people in here have been at church every week this year? Oh, nice. We got a couple in this one. Again, first service was rough. So we got a couple people. So if you've been here every week this year, you've heard 51 sermons. You might be asking yourself, why isn't it 52 And the reason is there was, back in January, if you remember, there was the phantom snow that caused us to cancel when not even a snowflake fell, right? So 51 messages. You've been here to hear 51 messages. If you're in a growth group, you've heard the word spoken even more. What are we doing with it, church? If we hear the word and we feel like we should change, and we do nothing, then we aren't following what God wants for our lives. If we've heard 51 messages and it hasn't spurred us to move or change in some way, to move closer to Jesus, to re-center uh, our orientation, to move back towards him and focus on him, then we got to question our spiritual growth. We've got to answer some of these questions. We've got to think a little bit more about why that isn't happening. So why is your mission important? Who's in your life calling you higher and who are you calling higher that's in your line of sight? When will you focus on spiritual growth this year? And what will you need to put aside to do it? Where is God calling you to? What's your next step? Take stock of what God has given you because he wants to see you do amazing things. We want to see you do amazing things for him. There are people sitting in this church right now that in 2020 will do unbelievable and remarkable things for God, and I can't wait to see it. We want to be a part of your journey. We just need you to take the next step. We want to take the next steps with you. The problem is us. That can't happen unless we put ourselves aside. If we want to grow spiritually, we've got to put ourselves aside and put Jesus first in our lives. It's easier said than done, but we've got to take stock of where we've been so that we can make decisions for the future. 
And I don't want to try to focus on everything we've talked about. I don't want you to go home and read through this and get overwhelmed and be like, oh, this is too tough and Seth, I don't like him at all. That's not what I want. I want you to find your next right step. What is it for you? What will move you forward towards Christ in 2020 so that 2020 can be your best year ever? And then 2021 will be even better than that. And 2022 and so on and so on so that you are focused on who Jesus is and that we can all make it to that destination of heaven together. Let's pray.